Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. All right, this morning, if you're new or visiting, we normally don't do topicals, but this morning we're going to do a topical on the laying on of hands because we've gone through... 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. We just finished up 14 last week. And so next Sunday morning, we're going to have an afterglow service right here in the sanctuary. An afterglow service. And if you're new or visiting, please get the CDs. I'm not going to explain all that again. Don't have time. This is going to, you're going to have to move quickly with me in the scriptures today. But we're going to do that. We're going to have church elders, not just anybody, just so you know. We're going to clear out some chairs on this side. We're going to clear out some chairs on that side. And we're going to have church elders with oil to anoint you with oil. If you would like to come and be baptized, have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'll talk more about it at the end. But for the newcomers, um, it's going to be be a very special service next week, and we're going to see what God's going to do. He's got a plan and a purpose. I would encourage you this week to pick a day or a time, and again, use wisdom, Uh, If you have medical issues, be very, very careful. Um, I believe in medicine. We we love that community. My daughter's a nurse, so forth and so on. So be wise. But I would encourage you to fast this week, for Sunday morning specifically. Fast this week uh, that God's ways would would be in in our midst and that we'd hear from God very clearly, very directly, as I know we're going to. But it's very important that we fast and pray. And if you can't make it next Sunday, a few people have already said they're so disappointed that they can't make it. They really wanted to be here. They want, it. They want to be baptized. In the whole, they want that experience. Um, we're going to do it on March. What's the second Wednesday in March? Anybody know? Somebody want to look it up? One person, real quick. Y'all don't have to turn your phones on. I think it's the 9th. 9th. Okay. So March 9th, Wednesday night... We'll do the exact same service Wednesday night, March 9th. And that's from 6.30 to 8 o'clock. So if you can't make next Sunday, come March 9th or come again. doesn't matter. Every Wednesday night, you're all invited. Okay? So let's pray and we'll get into it. Father, we thank you for the morning. We thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to have your word. This Bible is illegal. Illegal in Saudi Arabia illegal and so many other countries as well Christians are being persecuted Christians are being martyred in India daily regularly churches being burned houses being burned in Africa people being chased into the jungles for fear of their lives being hunted like wild animals Father, we thank you for the days we're living in because the birth pains are getting closer together. Israel's established. Jerusalem is a part of Israel. Lord, we need more of your Holy Spirit in our lives each and every day, every hour, every moment, Lord. We're not going to be able to do this on our own. We see the deception. It's dividing a country. It's dividing families. It's sad, Lord. So help us to be in your word and to be firm in the faith knowing that you have a plan and a purpose behind all these things. It's not out of control. You are moving the chess pieces where they need to be. Lord, we thank you for what's going on with Russia and the Ukraine and China and Iran and Israel. This is all prophesied thousands of years ago, and it will be fulfilled what's going to take place. 
So Lord, we thank you for allowing us to live in biblical times. Even as Jesus said to his disciples, prophets desired to live in your day. Prophets desired to see the Messiah and they didn't. You are blessed to see the Messiah. Father, we are so blessed to know the Messiah and to know that these days you have a plan and a purpose behind everything. We do pray for our leaders, Lord. We pray most of all for their salvation. They need Jesus. Their power is going to be so short-lived, Father. We pray for our national leaders, our state leaders, our our local leaders here. We pray for our Bible-believing brothers and sisters in Christ around these leaders, that you would use them, Lord, to get the gospel to these people, the good news. For your word says you take no delight in the destruction of the wicked. That you desire, as we approach 8 billion people, you desire every single person to come to know Jesus as their Savior. You love the whole world, Father. So use our brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. I pray for the gift of teaching. Be glorified through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You see, as we move towards having an afterglow service next Sunday morning, we need to look at the final piece of why Calvary Chapel believes what we believe. The laying out of hands or the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a new concept, but one that we see in the Word. Now, there are some very excellent, solid Bible-believing Christian teachers outside of Calvary that will argue against this practice. They believe that when a person receives the Holy Spirit at salvation, they receive all of the Holy Spirit and that there is no such thing as a second baptism. I have no desire to argue the point with them, but allow them the freedom to enjoy their faith in that regard. I'm not trying to divide the church, but receive the gifts the way that I believe the scriptures clearly show us as the early church did, and we'll get into that this morning. So, be ready. If you want to take a picture, write them down. We have to go fast because we have a lot of scriptures versus opinions. John 14, 16, 17. Jesus speaking on the night before his crucifixion. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper and he will abide with you for a while. The spirit of truth. Does it say for a while? Forever. 22, the Holy Spirit's still here. Okay, the Holy Spirit's still doing a work. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. So we shouldn't be surprised that our country that this world is going down the road we're going down. We shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be shocked. We should be grieved. It is grieving. It's grieving the Holy Spirit. This debate of whether a baby in the womb is a living being or not, there's no debate. There shouldn't be a debate. That grieves. The murder that is taking place, the sex trafficking, that has increased over the last two years in America, that should grieve us as a land. So, but, so we shouldn't be surprised. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with para, very important, there's three words that we're going to look at, you and will be in you. Those are both Greek. Para means around Right now, the Holy Spirit is around the world, around the country, around the state. He's around every Bible-believing church. He's around every unbelieving church. 
doing what? Trying to draw people to to the Father. Come to know God. Come to know God. Come to know God. That's para. That's para. He's trying to draw people to God. Once you receive Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes in you. In English, I-N, Greek, E-N. The Holy Spirit comes in you. Okay? Very important. John 20, 21, 22. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. Now this is the night of the resurrection. Keep this in mind. This is the night of the resurrection. Okay? So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As my father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. I believe it was at this point that the Holy Spirit came in them. Prior to that, the Holy Spirit was around them, drawing them to Jesus. Now the Holy Spirit has come within them, so now they're saved. Night of the resurrection. Okay? What did they do for the next 40 days? Did they go out and preach? Did they go out and share the gospel? Or did they disperse? And Peter had this great idea. Let's go fishing. Let's go back to Galilee. Nothing's happening here. Let's go back to Galilee. Guys, that's so important. They received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's in them. Acts 1, 4 through 5, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. So now this is ascension. 40 days later, Jesus is going to go back to the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Hmm. They had the Holy Spirit in them. And Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, says, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus knew Pentecost. They did not know. So they're gathered back together in Jerusalem. And Jesus said, would you guys just stay together this time? Paraphrasing it. You just heard what he said. Just stay together. Hang out together. Wait. Verse 8. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Here's the third word. Epi. E-P-I. Upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Were they doing that now? No. The Holy Spirit was in them. It had not come upon them yet. I think it's pretty clear that there's a distinct baptism, especially since the disciples were believers and they were still what? Living in fear. They were living in fear, fear of the Roman as well as the Jewish authorities. There are so many believers who are living in fear. And I personally believe it goes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're born again. They're going to heaven. Praise God. But they're living in some type of fear. Whatever that fear might be, emotional, physical, whatever it might be, they have not, they have not surrendered their whole life to God yet. I believe this is key. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, again, very quickly. We got a lot of scriptures. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, 
They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now we know from the scriptures, as you read the rest of the chapter, there was 120 present, 120. Okay? Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon, epe, one set upon each of them, all 120, not just the 12, all 120. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So important, as you've been with us for this season, it's been about two months we've been going over this. Notice again the emphasis, as the Spirit gave them utterance. So Spirit-led. It's interesting that the Holy Spirit here specifically says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. No one can deny that something supernatural took place and their lives start to show it. That day, what does Peter and them do? They bust out of that place, go and preach up on the Temple Mount, not in a back alley. And I've been to Jerusalem nine times. The alleys are very, very tight. They were on the Temple Mount, which we've been on the Temple Mount, can hold thousands, tens of thousands of people. They went on the Temple Mount and now proclaimed Old Testament scriptures, Jesus is the Christ. For 50 days, they were, they were freaking out about the authorities. Now, <laughs> get out of my way. They were no longer fearful of those same officials that they were afraid of yesterday. The supernatural power, and I'm not talking Christian fiction, you know, where you have to have two or three syllables. Power! <laughs> not that power. A transformed life power. A transformed life. A supernatural power came upon them and it caused them to move into a whole new spiritual realm. Look at Mark chapter 10. Mark 10. Again, if you're new or visiting, the team always does a great job of putting slides together so you can find it. Please have a Bible. Please have a paper Bible. So important for you to have a paper Bible and if you need your electronics for the font, I get it. But make sure you have one at home that you're doing your daily devotions with, day after day after day. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And Jesus said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant us that we may sit, one on your right hand and the other on your left hand, in your glory. (laughs) But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I I am baptized with? They said to him, we are able. Now again, think about it. Jesus was baptized. The disciples were already baptized. So is he talking about, are you going to be able to be baptized in water? No, that's already taken place. He's talking about something in the future. So Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink, and with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared. And it might be somebody right in this room, so you better be nice to each other. 
You know, we always think, oh, it's Peter. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's, oh, it's this guy, that guy, that gal, whatever. No one knows. No, God does. Jesus does. The Holy Spirit does. But Luke 3.16. Jesus answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you, uh, John, I'm sorry, John, not Jesus. John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water. So this is baptism of water. But one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. I, I'm not even, I'm not even, I don't have enough glory, enough honor to bend down to take off his foot, to even take a strap off of his sandal. I'm not worthy to get that close and possibly touch him. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. What we just read about in Acts? Tongues of fire. Hmm. Interesting. Fire is often a symbol of judgment in the word, which typically brings the idea of God's power or ability to destroy. And I don't think Jesus is making reference to that as he says in John 3.17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. As we approach 8 billion people, you're here this morning, I want you to know God loves you. He sent his Son to die for you. You reject him, God rejects you. You accept him, God accepts you. It's that simple. God doesn't reject anybody who comes to him. Well, what else could fire represent then? Well, to my mind, salt and light. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5. Why would I pick that? You're going to find out. Matthew chapter 5, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. I think this makes perfect sense in dealing with our personal Christian testimony. We're in our workplace, and I worked at Motorola for 12 and a half years. Uh, I had the opportunity for compromise, just like anybody else did. I had the temptations, just like any other worker did. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, he kept me on the straight and narrow. And that was a testimony where sometimes, not often, but sometimes people would come up to me and they'd say, you know, you're religious, aren't you? (laughs) And I'd say, no, no, I have a relationship with God via Jesus. Well, would you pray for me? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be more than happy to pray for you. See, guys, that's your testimony. It can have that type of impact. It can also have the negative impact where you're just like everybody else and they kind of wonder, why do you go to church on Sunday morning? You laugh at our crude jokes. You steal company time. You steal company material. What what makes you better than us? Come on, man, be real. And they're actually stating the truth. They don't say it out loud, out of embarrassment maybe. Or maybe when they get mad, they have said that to you. People are watching us, guys. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. The word men there is mankind. That they may see what? Your good works and do what? Glorify your Father in heaven. Our good works are not for us to get a pat on the back and there's nothing wrong with saying thank you to somebody. But if that's what we're doing it for, there's no treasure in heaven. 
If you're just doing your good works to, to, for the praise of man, you're not getting anything in heaven. But if you do it, and somebody thanks you, and you say, oh, oh, thank you, you know, just, just thank you. That's all. You don't need to explain it, nothing like that. Just, oh, thank you. You're storing up treasure in heaven because you're doing it out of sincere heart. And God knows that. We don't. God knows that. But it's so important. You've been, if you've been doing the Calvary Daily Reading, you read something very interesting yesterday in Leviticus. <laughs> And some of you are probably going, Leviticus, I don't want, that's why I don't do the daily reading. It's in Leviticus. Look at this verse here. And every offering, every offering, every offering of your grain offering, you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt, of, you shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering with all your offerings, you shall offer salt. Hmm. Why not pepper? No, it's, it's salt. Most of you know this. You, you need salt. Animals need salt. That's why they have on the farm, we used to have salt licks out. We need salt. If your salt levels get off, you're going to be in trouble. We need salt. Interesting. Salt was a precious, precious commodity in the ancient days. We'll get to that in a little bit. Getting ahead of myself. So salt carries with the idea of purifying, preserving, as well as healing. You'll remember a prophet put salt in water. That was bad. Now, wouldn't that make the water bad? Now, it actually healed the water. But it is also a reminder of a covenant that carries with it the idea of trust. Trust? Trust? Since the priests were supposed to focus on their priestly duties, they were taken care of by those who brought the sacrifices. A portion would be given to the priest to supply the needs of the family or other families, uh, specifically priestly families. It was a covenant between God and the priesthood that he would provide for them throughout their lifetimes via a covenant of salt. How do I know that? Well, he, numbers, numbers? Is there anything good in numbers? Numbers eighteen nineteen. All the heave offerings of the holy things which the children of Israel offer to the Lord, I have given to you and to your sons and daughters with you as an ordinance, how long? Forever. You see, this is a covenant. This is a covenant. As long as the temple's there, as long as you're good, as long as you're this, as long as you're that, no, no, forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord with you and your descendants with you. Then we see in 2 Chronicles 13.5, and this is the only two places in the Bible that this covenant of salt is specifically measured where you see covenant of salt, that phrase. Should you not know that the God of Israel gave the dominion over Israel to David forever? You mean the guy that committed lust and committed adultery? And committed murder and then numbered the people and thousands of Israelites died because of his disobedience to the law? You mean that guy? Yeah, that guy, because in the New Testament, only in the, New Te- only in the Bible it says about this one man that David was a man after God's own heart. It doesn't say that about anybody else specifically, that David was a man after God's own heart. He repented. He repented. And he showed fruit of repentance forever. 
It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord with you and with your descent. I'm sorry, 2 Chronicles 3, 13, 5. Should you not know that the Lord God of Israel gave the dominion over Israel today forever to him and to and his sons by a covenant of salt? So that's the second place. See, David had to trust that God was going to keep his promise and that the Messiah would one day come through David's line. Again, I've already mentioned this, but in ancient cultures, there's also a practice of eating salt together. So they would have a meal, but there would be a very specific, a little ceremony, tiny little ceremony, where salt would be presented. They would take that salt very specifically. They would sprinkle it on the food And as they both partook, whoever was making the covenant, as both people partook of that food, they were partaking of the same salt, so to speak. And there would be witnesses there that said, yes, you just made a covenant of salt. Even even outside the Bible, you made a covenant of salt. Salt is precious, guys. It is so precious. You are precious. So important. What about light? That is what the Holy Spirit does in my life. He brings light into my soul so that it might illuminate those sinful areas in my life that need attention and correction. The Holy Spirit also gives us the necessary power to show forth the works of God, not to destroy, but to impact the lives of others, believers as well as unbelievers. Hence, letting your light shine so that mankind will see your good works and glorify your heavenly Father. So I believe the fire referenced by Jesus and shown by tongues of fire on Pentecost was exactly that. Another promise fulfilled, and we know that God will never leave his children nor forsake them. Let's look at Acts chapter 10. So what's the next occurrence that we can look at to see if there's such a thing as this laying on of hands experience? Acts chapter 10, 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon, upon, epe, all these who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Notice that. The gift. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? How did they receive the Holy Spirit? The day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost. So Peter is correlating the two. He's not correlating we received the Holy Spirit at our water baptism. That, that didn't take place. That did not take place. It took place on the day of Pentecost. And they received the Holy Spirit. They became believers, I personally believe, as we just read, on the night of the resurrection. So you can't take this back to water baptism. Verse 48, And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Remember a few months ago, if you were here, how I explained that we have a general rule of something in the Scriptures But God is free to make exceptions to that rule. You see, God used Peter's shadow and some cloths from Paul to heal people, but it didn't become a teaching or a practice to follow after. Hands were not laid upon these Gentiles, and for a good reason. 
the Jewish believers still had prejudices against the Gentiles. And touching them would have made them ceremonially unclean. Unclean. So God teaches these Jewish believers to lay aside their prejudices and reach out to the Gentiles with the free gift of salvation via the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As Peter was sharing with the believers in Jerusalem, look at Acts chapter 11 about this situation. He had this to say in Acts eleven twelve through 17. He's now recounting what took place in the house of Cornelius. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me. Very wise. He took someone with them. And we entered the man's house, which again would have made them ceremonially unclean. But at this point, Peter's just obeying. He doesn't see the big picture, but he's obeying. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Again, just correlate scriptures, guys. Then I remembered the word of the Lord. Then I remembered the word of the Lord. How he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Ah, then I remember what Jesus said. Praise God, that's the Holy Spirit. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. My memory is very bad. I appreciate anything the Holy Spirit brings back to memory. It's a blessing. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who is I that I could withstand God? Again, we're looking at the laying on of hands or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Again, not to cause arguments, not to cause division or dissension. You want to believe in it, believe in it. You don't, you don't. It's that simple. Acts chapter 8. Can this experience be misinterpreted or misused? Well, in Acts chapter 8, we see this. And when Simon saw that through the laying out of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. You can read the whole chapter. Saying, give me this power also. Didn't want to cough into your ears. Rich, will you do me a favor? You go back and grab me a bottle of water, please. Over here. <clears throat> thank you, bro- thank you, brother. Who's got it? Oh, Terrence. Okay, thank you, Terrence. Okay, before I forget it, then I'll be wondering what did I do with that key. <clears throat> All right, where were we at? Oh, verse nineteen, saying, "Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay h- hands may receive the Holy Spirit." Thank you, brother. So notice here, can this be misrepresentation or can the laying on of hands, the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, the afterglow service, can it be abused? Yes, yes, it can. Excuse me. And that's why I'm going to oversee the afterglow service. And maybe you weren't here last week, so I want to reassure you this week, for those of you who weren't here, um, we're going to do it according to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. If you're, if you're not used to it, 
and you weren't here for the study, you can get the CDs, go home and read again this week, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm going to oversee the service. Anything starts going crazy, it'll be immediately stopped, done, sit down. I don't want to sit down. You're excused. So you don't have to live in fear. Um, You don't have to be surprised if somebody's asked to leave. I'm not going to allow the enemy to come in here and disrupt what we've been working on for the last three months, okay? We're going to do all things decently and in order. That's what the scriptures tell us to do. So you can just rest. You can come and enjoy. If you don't want to come, stay home. That's okay. There's no judgment. Um, It's between you and God. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, because again, we just saw an occurrence here that was misunderstood. Uh, is this man in heaven? I believe he was. Again, they didn't have all the scriptures, so he just, he's, he was learning. He was a new believer. So we need some additional information, which the Holy Spirit gladly gives to us in the scriptures. In 2 Timothy 1, 3 through 7 here, I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, As my forefathers did, as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. Now he's speaking directly to Timothy here. I mean, there's things that we can pull out of this, but he's speaking directly to Timothy. Notice the intimate relationship that Paul had with his spiritual son, Timothy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Notice this, guys and gals, grandpas and grandmas. I found out a couple weeks ago I'm going to be a great grandpa. I'm like, give me a break. (laughs) I'm getting old. But notice how important it is your faith to the next generation. Your faith is vital to the next generation. And matter of fact, your faith might be vital to someone who doesn't know Jesus yet who's above you. So don't give up on your parents or grandparents. Continue to pray for them. And I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, very important here, as we talk about laying out of hands, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you, through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Isn't that interesting? His last letter, the Holy Spirit says, I've not given you the spirit of fear. Where were the disciples for 50 days? They were shaking in their sandals. They were living in fear. What about the Romans? Who are they going to crucify next? What about the Jews? Who's, who are they going to kick out of the synagogue next? And guys, we have no idea. You know, you don't like this church? You can go to, I don't, I don't know how many hundreds of churches are in this valley. There's probably eighteen to 2,000 churches. Go to another church. Okay, okay, go to another church. They didn't have that privilege. There was one temple. There was one temple mount. You were not allowed to go to the temple? You are not allowed on the Temple Mount anymore? Guys, you've got to understand the seriousness of what was the commitment of Christianity. The, Christian, the commitment of Christianity today is like, it's, it's, well, you know, I don't feel like it anymore. Okay. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hebrews, we'll wrap it up with this. Hebrews 6, 1 through 3. 
Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection or maturity or completeness. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms. I didn't insert the S in there. The S was there, which means there's more than one baptism. Of laying out of hands, hmm, of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. You see, this is why I personally believe in the laying on of hands for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Be a Berean, do your own study, search the scriptures. It's not a salvation issue, and it is definitely should not become an area of division or dissension. I will not go down that road with any of you, and please don't try to do that with anyone in the church. You have your opinion? Keep it to yourself. If it lines with Calvary, great. If not, keep it to yourself. It's just like if somebody comes in here, five-point Calvinist. They can come in here all they want. They start sharing their Calvinism, you're out the door. Totally different doctrine. Calvinism, here's the, here it is in a nutshell. You're born to hell or you're born to heaven, and you have no choice over that. Not in this church. For God so loved the world as we approach 8 billion people. So it doesn't matter to me who comes, but when you start promoting doctrine that goes against Calvary, we're going to have a very serious time of fellowship very quickly. And if you don't want to abide, then you'll abide somewhere else. It's that easy. So as we go into next Sunday and we have this service, as the music team comes up, I do, again, just want to go over it a little bit. I've been doing this over the months here to prep you, and I think most of you are are doing fine with it, and you're going to be fine with it. But I do want to reassure you again. We'll have various elders in the back of the church or on the sides of the church to pray over those who agree with this teaching. We'd like to have that experience. Nothing mystical or magical is probably going to happen. So don't come up thinking, um, you know, is the Holy Spirit going to show up in a fire of tongue over my head? Um, am I, am I going to get uh, goosebumps? Is the, back of the, uh, my, the hair on the back of my neck going to stand up? Am, am I going to fall over backwards? If you fall over backwards, we're not catching you. <laughs> Just telling you right now. But we do have, and the elders will have oil, so we'll pray for the gift of healing. You know, we'll help pick you up, but we're not. It's not in the scriptures. You may receive the gift of tongues. You might not. I mean, I've been a Christian for 43 years. People have given me a testimony of not having anything that day. No no weird feelings. No, oh, that was amazing. I want to do this every day. None of that. Just, well, okay, whatever. And they got the gift of tongues taking a shower. So don't limit God. Just obey God. And you're not going to all get the gift of tongues. My wife has not gotten the gift of tongues yet. Does that make her less than me? No, come on, ridiculous. She prays, she asks for it, but God has not seen fit. That's between God, that's up to God. That we've been studying over and over and over again. So don't make that a condition of acknowledging what you just did. You see, here's the last slide. You see, you're taking a step of faith, just like water baptism. And if you have not been water baptized, I encourage you to get water baptized. We're going to have another baptism coming up here, and we do them pretty much every other month or so. Uh, You could talk to Matt, get the information from Matt. He'll be more than happy to put you on the list. It's a step of faith. 
Well, why? What's the big deal? If you're not reading your Bible, you don't understand what the big deal is. Read Romans chapter 6. It is a big deal. Not for salvation. Water baptism does not save you. There's a spiritual principle. And so if you don't want to do the spiritual principle, that's your walk with the Lord. I want to do every spiritual principle I can do. You see, it's a moment in time to identify with our risen Savior. That's what water baptism does. Do you read it? The laying on of hands is very similar. It's a moment in time to identify more deeply with the Holy Spirit. To just say, I truly do want to surrender all. I truly do want this experience. Whatever it might be, whatever it looks like. Again, it's not like mystical, magical. We're not going to go running up and down the aisles, throwing around the Holy Spirit. It's going to be very orderly. It's, everything's going to be done very decently. But guys, I want you to have what the scriptures teach us. Not what I want you to have, which I love you to have it. But I just want you to have what the scriptures teach. And that's what we've been doing, right? Over the last two, few months, Corinthians 12, 13, 14, the gifts. I'd love for you to participate in that. It's totally up to you how you do that. So as people are over there, again, I want to say this now, so next Sunday we're not wasting time because God's got a plan. So as you're sitting there, um, people are going to be praying about scriptures or maybe there might be the gift of tongues. You can go over to these men and there's also going to be women back there. Now the women are not there for the laying on of hands, but you can go for the baptism of the Holy Spirit or if the Holy Spirit is really ministering to you and you need to get something right with God, you can go over to them as well. Or, or ladies, you're, you might be more comfortable going to the ladies. You can go to the ladies for prayer. So in case you're wondering, the ladies are not elders. We don't have elders that are women. We believe in the Bible. Men are elders. Men are pastors. You don't like that? You don't like the Bible. Not me. Get over it. Learn your Bible. So the men will be there. The women will be back there specifically to pray with you women if you'd rather have a woman pray with you. Okay? It's, it's that simple. God is good. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. And Lord, we thank you as mankind sometimes tries to put you in a box. We all do at times. We all have at times. You can't be held by a box. And Lord, when we just listen to you and obey you and do what you would have us to do in our workplace, in our neighborhood, in our family... It's amazing what you accomplish via your Holy Spirit. But again, that takes surrender. So Lord, we just pray for this week as we meditate on these things, as we pray about these things, as we uh, desire to go deeper and deeper with you, Father, that you would just convict our heart and give us peace. And, and you go before us, Lord. We thank you for that. So we pray for next Sunday, Lord, that it would just be a, a wonderful day. Whatever happens, Lord, we just pray that you would be glorified in and through your word in and through that time together, that prayer time. It's going to basically be an, an hour, over an hour of prayer, just resting on you and what you would have us to do, Lord. Just uh, anoint the elders of the church as they pray over people, Lord, that you'll be glorified in and through this whole process as you have been and you are going to continue to be. We thank you, Father, for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.